believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to just really drink in a little bit more of Him, of availing ourselves to a, a deeper revelation that He gives to us regarding communion. What you received this morning, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, Every question was answered. Every situation, Jesus freed it up so that we could live that life in wholeness. So let's just take a moment, just allow, as they play the keyboard, just allow us to think about what Jesus did on the cross. Spirit is doing is deepening that relationship that you have with Him. It's not about your experience. It's not about the answers you received and the answers you didn't receive. It's about a deeper walk with God and trusting Him. Trusting what He did, not what I attained what he did. The revelation of the body of Christ that was broken for you and me. That healing resounds. The shed blood that allowed you and I to be able to come boldly before the throne of God. understand covenant that is almost opposite of what western culture lives a covenant made by blood the righteousness of Christ is all through you because why you believe status, it's not fame, it's not what you've accomplished, that you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in due time he will raise you up. A specific kingdom time that produces a greater result than you'd ever would understand, unless you believe. And when you believe and trust in God, that depth just gets deeper and deeper and deeper with Him. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, those watching online, those in this house, be healed in Jesus' name. For those that are seeking, those that are making decisions of 
walking with God in Jesus' name. I come against any demonic influence that would want to hinder anybody from seeing the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. If you agree that Jesus Christ is Lord, please say amen. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. Well, good morning again. I am just really excited about starting a new series. But I wanted to share a few things with you as we have developed a kingdom culture at Valley Community Church. And we have our pillars, as you see the signs that are behind me. And we have taught on that for the past few years, and we have moved in such an amazing uh, way of securing what God is saying to us as a church. Breakthrough is manifesting. I got a phone call, and I was in a meeting, and there was a message given, and then I texted back, said I was in a meeting, and uh, during the meeting, I read the, the voicemail, and there was a family that traveled all the way across the country. They knew we believed in healing. They were visiting. They were on vacation, but they made it a point to come and visit and to be prayed for because uh, cancer was in their midst. Lung cancer, bronchial tube cancer. And the prognosis wasn't good. Um, they were going to do everything they could from chemo, radiation. They went into the last testing, and um, the doctor called about five days later and said, you need to meet me in my office. And so they went, and family went to support, and they walked in the office and he looked up. He was a believer, the doctor. He knew they were believers. He said, you got your miracle. Absolute freedom from cancer. Some of you that are watching, some of you that are here, that you wonder why them and not you or someone that you loved. We all live in, in many different facets of callings, and, and we experience many different things. And as the Burleson family um, shared this great miracle, um, God shed his blood, took stripes on his back for you also. And I don't want you ever to give up. I don't want you ever give up. And even in the place of giving up when someone you loved, you lost. Don't ever give up. Because there is an enemy out there, but there is a God that is greater than the enemy. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And that's the trust. That's the belief. That's where we need to be. So in this breakthrough, I'm going to begin talking about a kingdom lifestyle and I call it a generous life changes everything. Being generous. We're going to detail what that means in, in Scripture. We're going to understand um, a true aspect of giving, generosity. 
and what it means in Scripture. How, how many times that, that my own peers will use Scripture that is not talking about a certain subject, but they'll use it. But God is wanting us to understand there is a kingdom lifestyle of generosity. If we truly understand it, we will break through many of the, the walls that the enemy has raised up. And um, the Bible says when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God will raise up a standard. Too many people read that scripture wrong. They say when the enemy comes in like a flood, he doesn't come in like a flood. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. And with that family and with you, you can have and will have the same testimony. I'm excited because of the culture of Valley Community Church from our morning service to our afternoon service at 2 o'clock. They have Bible study, prayer on Wednesday evening. Uh, we have OSL in the afternoon. That's happening now. And it is transformed, and because of discipleship, to be discipled. Uh, tonight at 6 p.m., we have identity. And identity is is moving into a realm of working with our, our young people, which are amazing young people. Uh, they're talking about the theme all the way through Easter is the journey to the cross. And they're talking tonight about how uh, Jesus, even though he's, he's God, that Jesus used a team. He had his disciples. And we have a God, but we're a team. We're a church that does church as a team. We, al- we allow and we avail people to move in their skill sets and their giftings. And because of that, God honors that because we honor one another. We're very generous with one another. We're giving to one another. The children's ministry is just, uh, I've really enjoyed the holidays when they ministered to us and how those kids just lit up with their understanding of what they were singing because they are taught that and they understand what they're singing. It's not just a musical. It was real. It's, It's young children out of their heart expressing their love to God. And we're very proud of our children and And I'm proud of you parents of being faithful in bringing your children and your youth uh, to church. The adult Bible study, and as Pastor Dan is talking about, I really want you to understand the culture of a church, of a kingdom church, is is a culture of, of a passion for the Word of God, of being able to get in the Word of God on a daily basis. And you can go to church center and you can... You can uh, see what we're doing and, and the things that we have for you to help you in that area. But we're covering, um, and tonight we'll continue in this. Some of you say, well, I missed the first one, and probably I'm, I'm going to be confused. No, if you understand how I teach on Sunday evening, I review, and I go forward, and I review, and I go forward, and I review, because why? How many of you, like me, have to hear something more than once? Amen? And so that's what we do. And we're talking about the seven dispensations or the various 
ways that God works with people and the time frames that he has set apart. And when you understand that, then you're going to understand end times because God has set apart a time. We're going to talk about the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, Daniel, 70 weeks uh, that Daniel, um, the book of Daniel brought to us. We're going to talk about the temple discourse and, and all the conversation that was brought and then the seven years of tribulation. And we're going to show you exactly what's going to happen in the tribulation. Did you know that millions of people are going to get born again during the tribulation? And all we're taught is how terrible it is and all of the things are going to happen. Well, they're, you know, all the church is going to be lifted up, raptured, and then who are the believers that are being attacked? <laughs> they're the ones that got saved during the tribulation. And, and so we see that. Sometimes people will teach that the Holy Spirit is, is drawn away for those seven years. You can't get born again without the Holy Spirit, so he's going to be here. And so we're going to bring you all the different understandings. Why is that? So that you can be smarter than somebody else? No. So that you can understand these things and walk with joy, even though even today we see the things that we see. We're going to see during the tribulation, Israel rise up again. It's exciting, and I'll show you that in Scripture, and we'll show you exactly what's going to happen, and it is an exciting time that's going to happen. But my belief system, according to my study in the Word of God, you may disagree with me. That's okay. When we all get to heaven, you'll find out that I was right. But anyways, <laughs> we will... Uh, talk about how the church is lifted, and then God is going to do some really amazing things during the tribulation, even though there's great evil too. We're going to talk about the second advent. Did you know that there are two comings of, a, of, of Jesus? One in the air and one when he comes to the ground, and then he sets up his millennial reign. And then forever and ever, you and I will be worshiping and and enjoying life, living life, because on this earth, while we're here today, we are walking in righteousness and faith, and we're producing great results in this world. And because of that, in eternity, we will be rewarded in walking in just the joy of the Lord. So that little uh, older woman who gave the might is going to be walking in, in such great joy because of what she gave of what she had and being so blessed. So life, sometimes we look at it and it seems to be so hard, but uh, if you really understand end times and understand God's planning and time frames and how in various ways he touched lives and ministered to people that... Uh, you will begin walking in such security in this life today. Well, let's begin this series, A Generous Life Changes Everything, and we must understand it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. In this series, we will teach you about giving, but you must understand in this kingdom life and what it is, truly is, is living a breakthrough lifestyle by being generous. 
by being generous. Living for God has to do with your heart and not just your money. Because anytime someone gets up on a platform and talks about giving, we always think about money. And I want to tell you, you can give billions of dollars, and if your heart ain't right, it's not worth anything to you. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So listen very closely. He didn't say where your heart is, then you will find your treasure. Again, he says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's found in Matthew 6.21. So if you want your heart in the kingdom, you put your treasure there. We're going to find out what treasure is. If you want your heart in your marriage, you put your treasure there. If you put your treasure in stocks, you will start going online and checking out the stocks. Why? Because you put your treasure there. And that's where your heart will go. Again, once you put your treasure there, your heart will follow. So in this series, really the whole time we're talking about the heart. So I need to speak this message to us about every two to three years. A couple years ago, I brought some part of this message, but God gives me uh, reviews and gives me uh, newer things, not that they are new to him, but they're new to us. And so about every two years, I take a time frame to teach about generosity, about giving, about a lifestyle, a kingdom lifestyle. So some of this, you may remember me saying some of these things, but I want you to understand, don't ever get tired of generosity, because if ever you get tired of generosity, then the enemy's got you. He's got a hold of you because you're looking and, and you're, you're putting your treasure in other things other than the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Actually, it's chapter, uh, the end of chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, and about three-quarters of chapter 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. You might not know this, but Luke chapter 6 is an encapsulation or a physician's account of the Sermon on the Mount. So you're going to find that in Luke chapter 6, verse 20 through 49. Now, it's not the whole of the Sermon on the Mount, but part of it. So my goal is to show you today, and the next time we're on this, is to show you parallel verses, particularly one that speaks of the attitudes of the heart. All right, the attitudes of the heart. But we use today a lot of scriptures that's not talking about money. But we bring it to money and only teach it on money. And so I, I, I want to break this, this syndrome because 
I, I have the privilege of, of outside the church walls of ministering and people calling me pastor in, you know, at the club or wherever I work out or different things and have the privilege of talking to these guys. And a lot of times, one of the first things that they'll bring out to me is, yeah, I used to go to church, but all they wanted was my money. And um, maybe sometimes there's a, there's a mindset in the church they went to because they didn't study deep enough, the ones who were teaching it, to understand that Scripture, when it's talking about generosity, is not just talking about money. It's talking about a treasure, and your heart's going to follow it. And a lot of times, people don't walk in kingdom culture because they're, they put their treasure in other things. And so their heart is not in the church. Their heart is not in reading Scripture or growing or being discipled. Why? Because they put their treasure in other th- things. Their minds are based on just money. And let me just say this to you. Treasure is more than money as we study in Scripture. So I'm, I'm breaking this down. We're, it's an introduction today. And so let's go ahead and begin by reading some Scripture today that a lot of times when it's brought out, it's taught regarding your money or your tithe or your offering or anything. Now, let me just say this to you. In generosity, in kingdom generosity, kingdom giving, money is included. But God doesn't spend every single second talking about your tithe. He's wanting you to recognize that he wants your heart. And he knows if your heart's not with him, even though you're a wonderful person. And so as we read this in Matthew chapter 7, uh, I want you to notice the theme in verse 1 of Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the... Okay, let me stop. (laughs) Can you kind of pick out the theme there? What it's talking about? The theme is judging and judgment. All right, then he says, or continues saying, verse 2, And with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So now, let me ask you a question because of what I explained earlier. Is the word money used in these two verses? No. Because the theme is judging people. Don't judge or you will be judged. And whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. So what he's bringing out here in the Sermon on the Mount, now let me just tell you that in chapters 5 and 4, 5 and 6, actually we always get the, the painting scene of the Sermon on the Mount of all these thousands of people standing there. I want you to understand that most of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is with his disciples and a few other people. 
So it's not just this strong of people. Chapter 7, then they begin to join in with other people. All right, so there's more people in chapter 7. So chapter 7, he's bringing this out. Now, why did he do that? Because he's trying to show the disciples, now us, how we live in this world and how you break through in every area. Why? Because of generosity. Because of a kingdom culture, a heart that you have, because you have put every part of your treasure into kingdom reality. And in that, when I say treasure, stop going to just money. We're talking about that you are a treasure to God. It's talking about everything that you are, every aspect of your call, every part of your life that you're putting your treasure into the kingdom and your heart will follow. So when you begin to do righteous things and it seems like all Hades breaks loose, your heart is there and it won't change you. Did you follow that? Because a lot of times, what do we do? Well, you know, I just read a scripture. Praise God, I got revelation. And you go do it and all of a sudden, all Hades breaks loose. And it seems like it got worse in your life And because your heart wasn't there, you change. Well, maybe God wanted me to do something else. All right, let's go on. Now, we're going to be in this quite a bit, quite a few weeks. But the, the, the theme is judging people. Don't judge or you will be judged. Whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. Now, let me show you the parallel passage in Luke 6, verse 37. It says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. But let's drop down to the end of verse 38. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And that's exactly what we read in Matthew 7. So now let's read something that Luke, the physician, puts between those two phrases, all right, that normally we attribute to money. So look at this and tell me if you see the word money. Luke 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Again, did you see the word money? No. Give, and it will be given to you. Doesn't use money. It didn't say give money. He's talking about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Or, if you give judgment or if you give condemnation, or if you give forgiveness, it will be given to you. So it's talking about, here it is, the heart. 
All right, look at this, verse 38. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Again, a lot of my peers will use this as money. Now, money was not stated in any of those scriptures. Hmm. So then I keep my money? (laughs) It's talking about the heart. It's talking about a kingdom culture, the heart. The treasure. Okay, what is treasure? Does is, Could it be money? Yeah. But there's a treasure of forgiveness. Do you not know when you're generous with forgiving how you can absolutely transform lives? And I, I said this a few weeks ago, but did you know that most people struggle in forgiving is because they don't believe they're forgiven themselves. So their heart doesn't understand the fullness of what it means to be in relationship with God. All right, let's continue. Are you with me? You following this? Okay. So in verse 38, a word it is used. Give and it will be given to you. Now, it is an objective pronoun for all you teachers. So you can put a noun there. So if you give money, money will be given back to you. If you give forgiveness, forgiveness will be given back to you. If you give judgment, judgment will be given back to you. Okay, this is a kingdom reality. This is a kingdom revelation. So what I'm saying, you can use this to apply to money, but it's not the primary meaning or theme in the scripture here. So the question, what is the primary meaning? The answer is, it's talking about the attitude of the heart. It's talking about your heart. Judging, judgment, or forgiveness. Give apples, and apples will be given back. Give pastor tamales, and they will be given back to you hundredfold. No, 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 just... It is saying give. Thank you, Elizabeth. It is saying give, and it will be given back to you from what you give. All right? So, understand how important you are in the kingdom of God. Understand that what you do, what you give, your generosity, what it produces in this world, but it will produce back to you. So the importance is of the heart. Now, in this series, will we talk about the tithe? Yes, We'll we'll talk about the spirit of mammon. We'll talk about what Scripture does say regarding money. 
But I want to tell you, in, in the fullness of what we're going to do, is we're going to talk about your heart. It is saying again, given it will be given back to you from what you give. For some reason, every time we see the word give, we always think about money. And because of that deception, many people don't give money, don't tithe, because they don't align their heart with the kingdom culture in the giving because the generosity is not there and it's not returned back to them. And they will try it because why? And we're going to talk about it in a moment because they want to get something. See, I love my wife not to get anything from her. I love her out of my heart. I don't love her to get from her because if we'll talk about it Valentine's Day, but my wife isn't the one who satisfies me. It's God who satisfies me. And because I'm satisfied in God, then what my wife is for me absolutely 100% satisfies me. But because my heart, I give my love to her treasure and it's returned back. The, the reality is, is because of the attitude of the heart. Uh, okay, I'll turn it around. Um, she does the same thing for me, and I ain't perfect. All right? And I'm not perfect. And we have to get to that place, the very reason we can work through. And at times, you, you back away, you get frustrated. But there are a lot of times we wonder, God, I know what your scripture says. How come it's not happening in my life? Because what we're talking about is the attitude of the heart. Where is our treasure? To get or to be generous? See, the Bible and the kingdom of God is full of giving. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't give money, he gave his son. You may ask me, how many times do I preach on giving? I'm going to tell you, I preach on giving every single week. What do I preach on? Give your life to Jesus. Give your heart to God. Give your time, give your energy to the kingdom of God. I can't talk about marriage without talking about giving because if you're not a giver, you won't make it in marriage. Marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100-100. I hear people say, oh, it's 50-50. It's a covenant, not a contract. The Bible is saying if you're a selfish person, none of us are here selfish, your life will be miserable. You ever see selfish people? Their life is usually miserable, isn't it? They're always trying, they're always trying to fix a problem. 
Now, I have problems in my life. I have situations that I face. But it's not because I'm selfish. The enemy hates my generosity. The enemy hates it when I forgive. The enemy hates it when I love people who aren't very lovable. Anybody know anybody like that? So here's my thought. How are we going to develop a generous heart? Because Scripture tells us throughout the Bible, it is about the heart. Deuteronomy 15 tells us the answer regarding our heart. Look at this, Deuteronomy 15, verse 7. If there is among you a poor man, okay, right away we think, poor, I got money, they don't have money, of your brethren within any of it, of the gates in your land, which the Lord God is giving you. Notice, whatever land you have, God gave you. So whatever I have, God has given me. Whatever occupation or position you have, God gave it to you. Psalm 75, God promotes and God sets down. He gave you the ability to do it. He gave you the gifts. Everything I am about, God gave it to me. I know he gave you the ability, and you developed it, and it became a skill. And many of you, I've watched you. You're skillful in the things that you do. I get that, that you worked hard. But verse 7 continues, says, You shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother. Verse 8, But you shall open your hand wide to him, and willingly speaks of the attitude of the heart. There again. Lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Now, uh, earlier, what did we talk about? Judgment, forgiveness. Did you know there are a lot of poor people that are very talented? A lot of poor people that have many gifts that God gave them, but because of something in their life, it, it, it just caused them to go into depression and all kinds of things. And if someone would just give forgiveness or a lending hand to them, it's not just money. See, we go to money all the time. Yes, you can give money out of the hand. But out of your hand, you can give love, you can give care, forgiveness, you can give counsel. It's what you give. It is of the heart. One of the first things we we think about, I know that because at times it hits me too, is you walk by someone who's begging at at a doorstep or whatever, and what do you think? You know, you, you put your hand on your pocket or you put your purse on the other side, and you say, no, I don't think I'm supposed to give to this person. That person needs more than money. It's the attitude of the heart. But you know what? We feel guilty as Christians. Oh, I should give. No, it's the reality. Maybe the Holy Spirit is just saying, say hello to the person or tell them God loves you. Okay, just saying. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly, the attitude of the heart, lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Whatever isn't $5, $10, $20, what should I give? 
what God's leading you to give to that person. So starting today, I'm going to start giving you four points to develop your heart. And then once we have that, then we're going to move into deeper areas of generosity. The first thing we must work with and develop to be a generous person is to deal with a selfish heart. Look at Deuteronomy 15. We're talking about dealing with a selfish heart. Deuteronomy 15, verse 9 says, Beware lest there be a wicked thought. Did you know God calls selfishness wicked? In your heart, saying, The seventh year, what? The year of release. You know what that is? The year of Jubilee. I'll explain that in a moment. Let me read it again. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying the seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Did you know that at the beginning that God set up a kingdom reality, that every seventh year all debt was forgiven? All debt was forgiven. You know what I'd do? In six and a half years, I'd go buy a new car. Go get a $50,000 loan. Pay on it for six months. Mine. Right? That's what it's talking about. He's saying, I've set this up because I want, I want people to understand kingdom reality. How do you succeed in life? It's about the heart. And so every seventh year, you're a jubilee. We're, we're going to do this. All right? And so, but at six years, you that has money or a business or anything like that, you're not going to lend someone this money. Don't have that evil thought in your head because in six months or a year, then the debt, and they won't pay the debt. Generosity. It's of the heart. And, and so, let me tell you, how many of you know as long as there are rules, we try to connive to figure out how to overcome those rules, don't we? <laughs> don't we? Yeah, you're all looking at me like, no, I'm a Christian. I don't do it. Come on. We t- I'm going to watch every one of you on the freeway today. And the speed limit is... 80, yeah, right. <laughs> okay? And, and so we try to, he's talking about the heart. How do you see things? When you try to move outside of kingdom principles, he calls it evil. And he uses selfishness as one of the most important things that we need to make sure does not happen in our life. He is saying, don't let this thought come to your mind. How many of you would like to have this today, every seventh year? 
Yeah, we would. He is trying to say, I want my children to be like I am. I want my children to be generous. Let me say this. According to Scripture, God rewards a generous heart. So hear me what I'm saying. God does not bless giving. I know some of you are going crazy on me. God does not bless giving, semicolon, he blesses giving with the right heart. Because I'll say this, some of us know people, not us, some of us know people that we gave to get and they didn't get and they blame God that it doesn't work. And now you got people who have studied so hard the scripture that they teach as tithing's not for today. And they, they have rules on what to give to and what not to give to. God says it's about the heart. And if it's about the heart, then your treasure that you have, your gifts, your, everything you have, everything that you own is because God's the one that gave it to you. Then you're, if your heart is right, if the Holy Spirit comes to you and says, I want you to give this, you don't go, but God, I've worked three years saving for this. But see, God's got a better plan. I want you to forgive that person, but God, you don't know what they did. God doesn't know what they did. See, God's got a plan for that person. And God's the one, if that person rejects and keeps doing that, there's going to be a time, there's going to be discipline by God to that person. But at times when we don't forgive, because let me tell you a secret, Forgiveness is for the forgiver, not the forgivee. Why? Kingdom reality, it's about the heart. And if it's about the heart and your treasure that you have, and God says something that maybe you don't agree because you've been hurt, that all these things happen, but your heart is right because your treasure is put into kingdom reality, then what you'll do is say, yes, sir, I'm ready to do what you asked me to do. You do it and watch God return it back. Hundredfold, pressed down, shaken together. Forgiveness, love, relationship. All these things we desire and are asking God for, but God says, wait, wait, wait. It's about the heart. And when your treasure is put into Uh, the kingdom things, then your heart will rise up and I will bless you. I will return a hundredfold. I love you all. I believe in you. And you've done such great things in the kingdom of God. But you know what? There's more because we develop our heart. So if you give to get, he will not bless that because that is selfishness. So here's a question. Why did God invent giving? 
Well, some would answer, to support the kingdom. Okay. My question to that is, do you really believe God needs your money? I know you've heard that statement before. Do you really believe God needs your money to build the kingdom? The God who says, let there be light, and there was light. The God that has his streets, his asphalt, gold. So scripture tells us he paves heaven's roads with gold. The foundations are made of precious stones. Why did God invent giving or create? We could say it that way, giving. God did not create giving for his sake. He recreated giving for your sake, for my sake, to when, where greed and selfishness is worked out of our lives. That's how you develop. That's how you get rid of selfishness is by being generous. Giving to get works selfishness back into our lives. We're not to get a revelation of getting which a lot of people get, were to get a revelation of giving. Hmm. Now, this is what I or we teach. We get, I heard it from Pastor Ryan once or twice, from Pastor Dan once or twice. We get to give. I'll say it with more emphasis. We get to give. The word blessed is from the Greek word makarios. It means happy. Happy are the poor in spirit in the Beatitudes. Happy are the meek. Happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now let me just read you, just in closing here, let me read you some non-Christian studies that shows something is released in your brain when you're generous. Time Magazine said this, that wonderful magazine. I'm being facetious. There is a positive association between helping others and life expectancy because helping others reduces stress. So they're saying you live a longer life if you're generous. Another Time Magazine study, I don't get that magazine, Google it, you'll find it. Studies have shown that older people who are generous tend to have better health. The Ascent Magazine study, generous people were almost three times as likely to report being happy every day than less generous people. The Gallup poll studied 136 countries. People who donated to charity in the past month reported greater satisfaction in life. This relationship emerged in poor and rich countries alike. The Hartmouth Institute. When you are altruistic, lending a helping hand, your oxytocin goes up 
which helps relieve stress. Let me give you the second point, and next time we're in this series, that I will begin by dealing with the second point. Deal with a grieving heart. Deal with a grieving heart. When you are grieving, there are two things a spiritual entity will attack you with. And I'll show you next time together in this series. Greed attacks us before we give. And grief attacks us after we give. How many of you have been full of grief when you gave and a bill came in? Let me just align this up and then we'll pray. I'm going to give you one more scripture and then we're going to pray. You have to understand that there is in grief a spirit of sorrow. The Bible says, sorrow not as those who have no hope. Because immediately in areas that bring grief in your heart, sorrow comes in. It is a spirit. It is a demonic spirit, a demonically influenced spirit that comes in to bring you into such grief that generosity is kicked out the door. Because the enemy knows that we become disingenuous with our giving, not just money, every aspect of our life, the enemy knows is that it stops the blessings and the rewards of God in our life. This is straight from Scripture, folks. And we have to understand this. How many of you and myself included, until I got this revelation. How many of you wondered why that you tried to do everything right? You've tried to give. You tried to do this. You tried to do that. You tried to forgive. You said kind words when, when someone was a jerk. And there are people out there that are jerks. God still loves them. And, 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 and you, you did that, and then you got more grief. Why is that? Is because we did it to get. And what the enemy does is comes in, and he does that, and, and then we get into grief, turns into depression, turns into all kinds of emotional health. And what happens is we are stymied in our life, and we stop being generous. Why is that? Because I'm going through so much. How could I ever do that? I can't handle that anymore. It is too much. God says, I'll never allow you to handle anything more than you can handle. And we say those things over and over and over because we hear it all the time in conversations. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, 
or when you give generously, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and all to which you put your hand. Wow. Because we gave generously not to get, but we will get. You see what I'm saying? It, it's, it's that, that fine line that's not really in the kingdom. It's not a fine line. I never give. I, when I put my tithe in there and I put my seed offering in, in that little box there, I didn't say, okay, I did my duty. Now God bless me. I walked up, and it was the first thing. I returned home from the time away, came to my office the next morning. The first check, first thing I did on Wednesday morning was write my tithe check. Why is that? Because I understand generosity. And then I called people. I texted people. I said, how you doing? I'm, I'm back and still off for a couple days, but just missed you, all that. And I was doing that. I was being generous with my time. And I was giving love to people. Amen. Let's all stand. I'm telling you, breakthrough. Breakthrough. It's happening. But we rise up. We rise up. We rise up into becoming kingdom generous people in all things. In Jesus' name, I proclaim the blessings of God all over you. Revelation of what was taught today would just sink so deep into you that the things of your life that you've questioned no longer are a question. You have an answer for it. And now, God, how do I change? Well, I'm going to go out and do that. No, 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 no. I'm going to change my heart. And then from that, I'm going to put my treasure. Okay, when I do this, every one of you thought money. Here's forgiveness. Here's two more minutes with this person. Here's a soft answer that turns away wrath. No longer will I give grievous words that stir up anger, as Proverbs says. But I'll begin to move in that area. I'll change the heart. And I'll align myself up with what God did with my spirit. I'll be as David. Remember Psalm 103? Yeah. We should teach on that one day. That was the last series, by the way. I'll speak to my heart. I'll speak to my soul. Say, line up with the Word of God. Be generous. Love, forgive, and walk in kingdom blessings. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. We'll see you tonight.